John Maxwell calls it the law of the picture. In short, the law of the picture says, people do what people see. Which means you kind of demonstrate to people the way you want them to treat you uh, by the way you treat them, the golden rule policy. But you also demonstrate to them how they should treat others, especially when they're your offspring or the children that you're responsible for stewarding the lives of as a dad. And as a dad, the way you treat them and the way you allow them to treat you will demonstrate or destroy their ability to submit to leadership authority for the rest of their life. Yep, I'm, a, I'm afraid, Dad, this one is on you more than anybody else. That's what I want to talk about today on Leading Leaders. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast. And I can tell you that as evidence in my own life, I didn't... I didn't learn proper respect for authority as a kid. I remember, literally, this is no exaggeration, about 2 o'clock in the morning, a friend and I decided that we wanted to harass the people who drove up and down the highway that we lived adjacent to. And we dressed ourselves in white bed sheets. We covered our faces with baby powder and talcum powder and uh, noxzema so that our faces even would be stark white. And we laid in the bar ditch on the side of the highway and we would jump up when cars ro- drove by. Now, many of them would slam on their brakes, they would screech their tires, etc., etc. And finally, somebody called the cops on us. Well, before we were finished, before the cops arrived, we actually made our way up the driveway to a friend's house that we had invited to play along with our silliness, and they decided not to. And so we decided to take a box of baby powder covered with toilet paper over the top of black cat firecrackers, lean it up against his bedroom window because it was summertime in the spring, and... The windows were open and the screens allowed all of the baby powder to go all over the inside of the house. When the black black crack firecrackers went off, it was a disaster. His mother remembered that for decades later. Well, she called the police as well. And so the police came up and they were shining their spotlights. And I knew his brother had a spotlight for hog hunting. And I thought it was his brother. We popped out of the grass and we ended up in the backseat of a patrol car. Now, that's not the good way to start off your life to become an adult when you're 13 or 14 years old to be hiding in the grass from the police and then actually climb in the car for them. That, that, that's not a good start. But the officer that night realized that I was the only son of a single mom. He took me in the back of the police car. He drove me back to my house in handcuffs, walked me into the garage because nobody ever went in the front door, knocked on the door at about 3 a.m., And then said to my mother, if you need some help teaching him respect for authority, I have an extra belt. And he was very serious about helping to enact corporal punishment where he felt like maybe my mom couldn't carry the ball on that, so to speak, because I was getting too big for my britches. Now, I'm going to tell you after reading many of the books that I've read, the idea of authority doesn't always have to be tyrannical authority. But the idea of respect for authority is usually taught by the male figure or the male role models in somebody's life. When the line is drawn and they say, don't do this or there will be severe consequences. However you establish those consequences, those consequences must be absolute. Absolutely established and absolutely acted on. See, even today, there are toddlers that are in and out of my home on a regular basis. And when Poppy says something, Poppy's not joking. 
And Poppy lets a lot of stuff slide and, and won't even scold you for it. He'll just laugh at you because what you did is stupid and you're going to pay your own consequences. But there's also a place where Poppy draws the line and says, don't do that. And for some people that don't do that seems like, oh, you're just being mean. No, it's because that's an escalation of something else. And don't do that is the beginning of disobedience. That, in my household, has a greater consequence. Disobedience and defiance has a greater consequence than whatever it is you might have done wrong. That has always been the case. I learned it early on when my boys were little, when we might scold them for, say, throwing a football in the house. And I would say, don't throw the football in the house, you're going to break something. Don't throw the football in the house, you're going to break something. And if the football broke something, it's easy as a parent, as a grown-up, to think, well, it was a $3 ashtray, or it was a $5 glass, or it was a $1,500 television set. And then make the punishment meet the expectation or the expense of the thing that was broken. And that is an error. That is an enormous error. See, there's a couple of problems with it. The first of which is we tend to get emotionally attached to our things, especially things that are hard to replace. A, a picture of a loved one, a, a, a one-of-a-kind trophy, a, something that nobody else can replace. I remember as a kid throwing a boot at my sister because that's what my stepdad did when he got angry. He threw boots at us because he couldn't chase us. And he would tell us, don't ever run from me because if I catch you, it's going to be 10 times worse Whatever punishment you deserved, it's going to be 10 times worse. Then he made it clear that he didn't have to chase us. He would knock us down and then make his time getting to us by throwing a boot. So when I lost my cool with my younger sister, I threw a boot at her. I missed. I hit his three-tier plexiglass chest set right in the middle and shattered it all over the living room. It was really hard to hide the fact that a four-foot-tall, three-tier chess set wasn't sitting on the table where it was when he left. It was really hard to put it back together without 10,000 tubes of superglue. And so all I could do was face the punishment that I knew was coming. And trust me, he meted out the punishment based on his valuation of that chess set. One of a kind, hard to replace, very expensive, and that's the price I paid. I learned early on in my fatherhood, in my being a dad, that there's a lot more in life than the possession of the things that we have, the material value of the things that we have. And the more important thing is not having thrown the boot and broken that thing versus, I don't know, a 20 cent knickknack from the dollar store. No, that, that really wasn't the point. The point was the defiance and the anger being out of control that allowed you to throw the boot in the first place. See, when toddlers in my house have to pay the price for that disobedience, the disobedience itself, the defiance, the running away, the yelling no, the back talk, those have a higher price than whatever may have gone wrong. My boys learned that early on too. Yell no at mom and you're going to cross paths with dad and it's not going to be good. Defy mom and you're going to cross paths with dad. And it really doesn't even matter what the defiance was. It doesn't matter what went wrong. It doesn't matter what the circumstances were. It doesn't matter what all the conditions of the event were. Mom is the second authority in this house, and you will obey and respect her, or there will be a price to pay. Now, that doesn't mean that mom's never wrong. It doesn't mean that dad's never wrong. It does mean, though, that the first thing you need to do is respect the authority that's over you. You need to listen to mom and dad. And if they're wrong, they will apologize later. Trust me, dad. 
That is the hardest thing in the world to do. If you have not learned yet <clears throat> to apologize to your children when you were wrong, start practicing now. Because the older they get, the older you get, the more things you're going to figure out you didn't know as well as you thought you did, and you're going to have to apologize. And if you'll start now and get in a habit of it, not only will it be easier for you to learn to apologize, trust me, it's hard, but it's absolutely mandatory, but it will also make it easier for them. Why? Because people do what people see. If they see you disrespecting your wife or their mother, guess what they're going to do? They're going to disrespect their mother. If they see you disrespecting other authority or talking bad about your boss or talking bad about their school teachers, guess what they're going to do? The same thing, because people do what people see. And believe it or not, Dad, even when you think they're not looking, oh, they're looking. They're listening. And they will lead just like you lead. They will lead the cat and the dog and their younger siblings just like you lead them. The lack of respect, the lack of honor, the lack of integrity, the lack of desire to please them. Yeah, when, when you decide it's going to be my way or the highway and it's just going to be like that and you've left out any human emotion that might be on their part, you're teaching them. You're teaching them to be a narcissist. You're teaching them and when they grow up, they get to have it their way and tell everybody else what to do and they don't have to care about anybody else. They don't have to be worried about anybody else's feelings or wants, needs, or desires and that is a disaster recipe in the making. I really believe, and this, this sounds crazy harsh, but I really believe this to be true. If you look back at the, the summer of 2020 and some of the behavior that was happening in the streets, and, and there's no doubt in my mind that some of the behavior in the streets was actually hired work, meaning some of the people who were breaking into the high-end stores and giving away the merchandise or stealing and then selling the merchandise, some of them were there because they were paid actors to do that. But many of them were there because they'd never been told there are consequences for doing wrong. I read just this morning <clears throat> an article about a woman who was awakened at 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night by a carload of teenage girls who pulled up in front of her house. Now, it said the girls who actually uh, enacted what happened were 13 or 14 years old. I don't know who was driving the car, but... Obviously, an adult, in order to be old enough to drive and therefore violating all kinds of laws on their own, but uh, they can be charged with the crime, the girls decided they were going to go beat up another girl from school. And when they got to the girl's house, the mom said, no, you're not going to do that. That's my daughter. I'll defend her. You need, to, you need to go home. And the girls jumped the mom, beat her so badly they broke her nose and left her with a concussion that lasted six or seven days before she went to the doctor to get it fixed. Now, young 13 or 14 year old girls, that's not their normal behavior. Now, I, I know there are mean girls out there and I know there are violent girls out there, but that's not the norm of a 13 or 14 year old girls. Trust me, I raised two of them and I've spent the last 15 years around herds and herds of young people, eight to 15 years old. For the last 10 to 15 years, I've spent time around them. That's not their normal behavior. That was instigated. That was propagated by something else. Now, whether that was social media or that was bad parenting, I can't tell you. But I can tell you when a 13 or 14 year old feels like they have the right, the power and the opportunity to assault, to submission a grown adult, we have a problem in our society. And that problem started with dad not being there to say, don't cross that bridge. Trust me, when you get to the other side, there's going to be a price to pay, and you will not like that price to pay. There's something that dads have to do 
in this raising of children that cements the idea of leadership. It cements the idea of leadership authority. And it says there's a right way and a wrong way to do this. And you don't just get to have your way every time. That little narcissistic behavior that was natural and cute in you when you were three, mine, 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 mine. That's fine at three. After three, you need to grow up. You need to outgrow that selfish behavior that the whole world belongs to you. It doesn't. And the world doesn't owe you anything. In fact, it's the other way around. You owe society and you owe culture and you owe life. The right to be here is a privilege. And you need to pay back to society just the right to be here. You need to contribute to society. You need to be a worthwhile investment in our culture. And if you're not going to do that, there's going to be a price to pay for that. In most cases, that price is incarceration. Yeah, you get to lose all your rights and privileges. If you can't figure out how you're going to contribute to society, to be an active member of society for the betterment of everybody else, then the price that you will pay is to be in a little metal box for the rest of your life. If you can't, on the other hand, figure out how to respect your fellow human being and treat them with dignity and appreciate their humanity, give grace where grace is due, then you will be a contributing member of society, doing your fair share, pitching in, being a part. But see, a lot of that, I, I dare say 90% of that starts in the home with mom and dad doing a co-equal job of raising young people to be responsible adults. It's not the job of the community. It's not the job of the village. It's the job of the parents who brought them into this world to raise them with the responsibility of being individually responsible. That individual responsibility also, though, comes with individual rights. The right to be yourself. The right to be unique. The right to wear your hair purple if that's what you want to do. I don't care what you wear your hair as. As long as you respect authority, as long as you follow the leadership that's leading you in the right way in life. Now, let me throw one caveat in there and say, <clears throat> there are those people in your life, you will find them, who have some authority over you because they've exerted force. A gang leader might be, a bully at school, a friend from school or even from church who wants to influence you to behave in a way that you're not supposed to behave. If you're a young person listening to this and dad is not in your life to give you the right direction to answer those questions, to put his foot down, to tell you if you cross this bridge, there's, it's too far to go back, the consequences are going to be too high and you can't afford the price. If that person's not in your life, then the authoritarians in your life will take over. And they may be gang leaders. They may be uh, bad influences from church or from the neighborhood. They may be drug dealers. They may be the police officer in your neighborhood. But you need to find good, solid leadership. And dad, if you don't know how to be that good, solid leadership, this is my second invitation to you. Send me a direct message. We will sit down and chat. If you're in DFW, buy me a coffee. We'll sit down and talk for as many hours as you want to about what it takes to be a good dad. There are hundreds and hundreds of books, thousands, if you will, about how to raise your children with good integrity and morals and values. There was a whole series a couple of years ago right here on Leading Leaders Podcast, 27 different episodes called Things I Wish My Dad Had Taught Me. Go back and find them. They're all on the website, jlaurenorris.com slash podcast. Scroll through the dates or just search in the box, Things I Wish My Dad Had Told Me. You're going to find that it's not easy being a dad. And it's not easy being a son raised without a dad's influence in your life. But if you're a dad, you're responsible. You're responsible for demonstrating 
honor and authority for leadership. And if you don't demonstrate it by being a person who honors leadership, by demanding that that honor be demonstrated to you by your children, then instead you will be busy about the business of destroying that honor for generations to come. And trust me, the lack of honor for authority and leadership is a bridge too far. Consequences, a price you cannot pay. You think I'm kidding? Just ask yourself in inner cities like Los Angeles, San Francisco, uh, Waco uh, Wakosha, is that it? Wisconsin. How many of those buildings have been burned to the ground, destroyed, utterly? They've packed up their business and left town, taken the jobs with them. Not just the jobs at that store, but all the little coffee shops and donut shops and businesses that supported them. All of those people are without jobs too. That started because of a lack of respect for authority. And it's not going to stop until dads step up and do the job. You will either demonstrate or destroy authority in the lives of your children and dad, that's on you. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day.